live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Wednesday morning, February 15th, 2023. I hope everybody had a great Valentine's Day. And ready for the rest of the week, which uh, could be a little bit of a hairy one weather-wise. We're at 30 degrees right now in the capital city. We got that much-needed rain throughout the day yesterday, but now what does it turn into this afternoon, this evening, and in the overnight hours? Could this be the one, ladies and gentlemen? Could this be the storm that doesn't disappoint, that doesn't... That doesn't revel only in hype, but not in performance. Could we have one last shot for that winter storm that characterizes the 2022-2023 winter season? I doubt it, but <laughs> that's not science. That's just a gut feeling. So the, we will see. The term sharp gradient came up this morning oh, when I was I talking with Brian Smith, National Weather Service meteorologist. Let me and, guess. Let me guess. I haven't seen the map. I haven't seen everything. But let me guess. Heaviest amounts on the Nebraska-Kansas border and then a line on I-80 where it, no. it, where it turns potentially this, from this snow to... sharp gradient line yeah. goes right through Lincoln. Really? With the, with the, Surprised to hear that, Mark. He said the northern part of the county probably four inches... The southern part of the county, eight to nine. Sure, that's so. Uh, basically, all you got to say is the same forecast that we have for every snowstorm, essentially. Yeah, where where the now if this thing wiggles. I know. 20, 20. Listen, Mark. It's I know if it <laughs> it can move, it can wiggle, it can change completely. It's just going to be rain. It's the same. I mean, it's the every snowstorm is the same Galdarn forecast. I don't, and it might be that the snow is to the north of us or that the snow is to the south of us, but it's always the same thing. Is we're right on the line. Usually, the line goes with I eighty. And we'll have to just see what happens when it happens. Snow to the south of us, rain to the north of us. <laughs> Stuck in the middle with you. Uh, so yeah. you actually, so you actually talked to the National Weather Service. Yeah, this just morning. about a half hour ago, uh, meteorologist Brian Smith, and he said, "Yeah, this one's lining up right, you know, to that gradient line right through Lancaster County." Right. So he said, four, yeah, four to the north side of the county, eight to nine to the south side." So he's looking at probably five or so here in Lincoln. That's okay. the latest forecast. I, uh, Expecting it to start snowing late this afternoon, heaviest overnight. Okay. So tomorrow morning could be. A yeah, day. I do. I'm, I'm looking Are we at. call off school tomorrow? Uh, We've called it off for less. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think it's in play, but, but there's also definitely a chance we get a trace of snow. I mean, th- that again, not based on science, just experience. Yep. <laughs> And the ex- experience is science. Experience is science in its own yeah. way. It's a type of science. It's called history. <laughs> the, the, his, the science of history. That's a social science. Yes. Uh, I'm looking at the National Weather Service map. They've got Lancaster County partially in the 4 to 9 inch area and partially in the 5 to 10 inch area. So north part, less the south part. Uh, it depends more. on the time uh, of that map. 
That was tweeted out at 5.12 a.m. What's the, the marking on the map itself? 4.52 a.m. Okay. Have so. things changed in the last hour and a half? Uh, no. They just, <laughs> I just was a little more specific. <laughs> because when I checked the map, it was still last evening. So. Uh, okay, yeah, four four fifty two. So I mean, this is the minimum four inches. That's a school canceler. That I mean, that's got the minimum as a school canceler. I think four inches. Yeah, I I always think over three is kind of kind of puts you in that area, typically. But we'll see. Um, timing on this. Well, uh, the other thing is, Mark. Uh, sounds like there's going to be wind gusts that are pretty yeah, pretty significant. Gusts uh, to thirty five. So. Okay. That always, in snow, that makes visibilities really uh, uh, a challenge. Also, by the way, aren't we in the smack dab center of Lancaster County when you look at the map? What part of the city? Where I am right now. We're yeah. smack dab in the city of Lincoln, smack dab in the center of Lancaster. Do we live in the midpoint of Lancaster County? I would say we're pretty close, yeah. Or do we work at the midpoint of, of Lancaster County? Now, I guess my house is a little south of here, so maybe I live in southern Lancaster County. But you break it down to northern and southern Lancaster County, I'm not sure which of those I'm in. I, I don't know where the dividing line. I, That's I'll, something we don't talk about a whole lot. I'll look in the county map that we have up here in the wall of the newsroom. Yeah, I was just going to pull up, uh, let's see, Lancaster County, Nebraska map. We will, I will. I will eyeball it. And I will let you know where the, yeah, okay, so the halfway the halfway spot, oh, you can actually break it down. West Van Dorn is actually, looks like the halfway spot, uh, north-south. So, so Van, uh, Van Dorn, Van Dorn, sorry, I said okay. West Van Dorn, but Van Dorn going across. So we're, so we're in northern. We're, we're northern, but we live yeah. in the southern. We're, we're Yes, we're in northern Lancaster County, although we could drive it 45 seconds and get to southern lancaster county not on 48th street you that's a good to. point that's <laughs> a, well right now you probably can <laughs> uh, there's red light link it'll grab you yeah like the dead uh, this map i'm looking at the dead middle the midpoint of lancaster county is actually uh it looks to me like 27th and van dorn is the dead midpoint of the county okay Learn so, something so, today. T- so technically, we're northeast Lancaster County right now. Yes, that would be. Yeah, it would be northeast Lancaster County. Correct. Yep. Wow, didn't yep. realize we'd have so much uh, geography. Yeah, I know. It's morning. it's not like ever, anybody ever talks about it that way, right? Like you, you talk we to can't even decide. It's on like what's east or North Lincoln. You talk to somebody who lives at like eighty fourth and O, and they're like, "Yeah, I live in northeast Lancaster County." Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. <laughs> Okay, uh, we'll see. What about the timing on this thing, Mark? Uh, late this afternoon, the winter storm warning goes into effect at 3 here, 4 o'clock in Omaha, uh, but expecting the heaviest stuff overnight. So we could we could see uh, some snow start to develop evening commute today. All right. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not going down that one. Okay, uh, that's fine. Uh that's I'm, I'm going to let the forecasters take care of that. Uh, so far this year, uh, let's see, the largest snowfall, if you uh, go through the, the uh, snow that we've uh, gotten was what? We haven't had more than what? A, uh, an inch at a time? Barely? Uh, I think we maybe. had a 1.3 or 1.4. Ken Shimmick had a great summary of that yeah last that, that night. guy's starting to do a really good job i'm thinking yeah i think well, he's got I a good future he is starting 
I'm starting to really, I'm starting to really think he's going to be one of the hottest meteorologists, top three hottest meteorologists in the in the city in Northeast Lancaster County. But his his graphic it's actually, a tough market. His uh, graphic last night, we've had more snow than I think we've really thought. I mean, it's not a lot; it's less than six inches total. But uh, yeah, we're we've had we've had like yes, the last two years we've been way 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 low. So this could finally get us out of the doldrums or the happiness, as some would say, of being at record low snowfall two winters in a row. This could finally change that narrative. If, of course, it doesn't turn into basically nothing, <laughs> which I honestly can't believe won't happen at this point. I, am, I, I can't believe, you know, it's fun. I'm actually being optimistic because at this point, that's where are we with this? Like, where are people mindset wise? Are they so have we had such little snow that they want this to happen in mid-February just to have this experience? Or are they so far into Winter's almost over. It's been 50 for two weeks, it feels like. Uh, it, it's it's too late for this. It's not Christmas time. We don't need this. Let's not even bother with it. Like, I don't know where people's mindset is on this whole thing. I say let's not even bother with it. If it's already going to be messy outside either way. Yeah, that's true. Just, it's Just mud. rain. Just get the, let the mud happen. Don't, yeah. don't have it all be snowy and frozen over and then take time to thaw out. Just, just rain. Be messy. Let me give my dog three baths a day. Yeah, and we'll just get over it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there too. Let's and and it's not like we're getting any real warm wet. Now we're getting kind of settling back into a normal or below normal temperature situation for the next week and a half. Yeah, I don't know if it's below normal. Well, I mean, the only day in the 40s I see is Sunday at 42. We got to be like at 40 for the normal daily high right now. I would think normal high is 39. So. The, another way of saying that is correct, Jack. No, you're, you're way too high. You're gonna have to bring that down. Thirty nine. Okay, so I count. <laughs> I count three days. Okay, three days that are thirty nine or over <laughs> on on this whole thing. All right. Well, I, uh, I would say that this one could be the big one, and I say that for two. <laughs> Each time you say that, you're making it happen. No, less. I, I just <laughs> the big just one. Two could two ob- be it. Two observations. Okay. Okay. There has not been a push for chips or other stuff at the grocery stores. It's been fairly quiet. It's because they didn't hype this one for and, a week. It got a two. And, it got a shorter hype period. And there has been no pretreatment of streets in Lincoln yet. Ooh, so, I, talk to the mayor about that. Eight ten, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I gotta. I'm going to talk about the second water source for like a half hour, but I'll squeeze that in too. <laughs> Ask about the uh, street grant or the uh, safety grant they got announced yesterday too. Okay. 400,000. Good. Sounds good. Meanwhile, Nebraska basketball. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I felt like it was a, a the opposite of a nightmare was happening, and I needed to wake up at this. It what, was very weird. What, it was like a fever dream, but a great one. Every time I got like a little bit concerned about how that game was going, and I started to say, oh, boy, here we go. Like, every time, they'd make a shot. Yeah. They'd they'd make a three. They would make a floater in the lane. They weren't hardly missing shots. It was the against one of the best defensive teams in the country. It was flat-out bizarre in a great way last night. And on the road, like one of the hardest places to win. At the Jersey Mike Center. 
<laughs> used to be called the rack. I know, but um, Jersey Mike's. Yeah. That's why I tweeted out last night. Runs are greater than Jersey Mike's. Oh, good one. Um, the yeah, only the real ones now. But the you're right. Anytime it seemed like something was going to go wrong, and you're like, okay, this is the part where Rutgers gets ahead by just enough. Yep. And Nebraska can't overcome. You you had a a, a quick um couple of possessions in the second half where it was turnover like bad turnover Sam Griesel tries to save it under the baseline and then there's a layup and then another yeah. turnover and a layup and yep. you're like oh there's quick four points what's gonna happen oh CJ Wilcher just hits a three on the right. other end and you're like oh kept the race here like this well, is beginning of the second half Jamarcus Lewis turned it over like consecutive right away too yeah same exact thing and you're like oh so, no yeah starting the second half it's like what is happening right. every every pass seems like it's tipped but or then, about to be turned over but then Casey Tominaga got <laughs> hot. Wilcher was already got hot. And once Casey gets hot, I mean, if 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 Nebraska is in range, I, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the way it looks right now, if Casey Tominaga gets hot, everyone else is screwed. Casey gives you a chance to win. <laughs> that, that's literally what it comes down to. It's ridiculous. When, if uh, if you were watching on TV, and obviously we hope you guys were listening here on KLIN, but if you were watching and listening to the television broadcast at one point in the second half, they said, well, Nebraska really needs to get back to posting some guys up, and then what do you see? Casey Tomonaga get the ball in the middle of the lane and put up like this little hook shot. Right. <laughs> right. It was wonderful. I don't know how to say it. And guys, I think... I feel fairly good saying right now you can put to bed the debate about whether or not Fred Hoiberg is back. Oh, Fred's back. That's like that's tonight. If there was any doubt left in that, I think that was probably put to bed. Three out of the last four have been wins. Yeah. And I know the, the the first two, then it was it was two out of three, and it was, well, gosh, he's got to win on the road. He's just getting these at home. You're supposed to get those at home. Went to Rutgers and won. Who's still receiving votes? Yeah, they just dropped out of the top twenty-five, but yep. that—that's where the rest of the Big Ten is right now. And it is so hard not to look at that record and the Big Ten record and not think about that Purdue game. That, I know because things would look. I mean, things are st- there is still a glimmer of hope for the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the NIT. Yeah, um, but it's still postseason. But it's still, but if you can. Yeah, if you can get three, uh, you got a home three home games in a row now. Three in a row, which, and then you close out on the road at Iowa. Yes, yeah. I mean, like if you had somehow win out postseason, is probably NIT is probably looking pretty decent. Mm-hmm. If you get three out of four, maybe, maybe. So depends what happens in. If Chicago, you get all probably. four, you've guaranteed yourself a, at least a five hundred record. Yeah, if you get okay, let me get crazy. If you get all four, if you get all four. <laughs> You get into can you play yourself into the bubble on Chicago? Well, in Chicago, let's get crazy. If you got all four, that becomes seven out of eight in the Big Ten. If you get all four, you are the hottest team in the nation. You are the you are the hot, literally the hottest team in the nation. Well, Casey Tomonaga is probably your Big Ten Player of the Week. Like you have the hottest player in in the league. Like I said. Fever dream. Happy Valentine's Day, <laughs> everyone. Thinking, and you guys think it's tough to figure out what the forecast is going to yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, uh, may, I mean, look, yeah, maybe we're living in bizarre world now where Nebraska basketball uh, wins games you don't expect them to on the road, never misses, and the snowstorms actually come to fruition. Then they're still missing it's their a, two best defenders. Two of their starters, guys. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> um, 
All right. Uh, other than the weather and Nebraska basketball, Mark, Standing anything? Bear High. Uh, some pretty uh, significant news last yeah, evening. Yeah, I know a lot of people who are interested in this. Yeah, uh, only uh, ninth and 10th grades this fall. So uh, when Northwest opened, they went 9 through 11, no right. senior class. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so Standing Bear will just be ninth and 10th. So yep. the first senior class would be 20, 27. 27. So to, so sophomores who are 20, 27s would be the oldest people at Standing Bear. And not so. a lot of sophomores, right? 20, uh, 26 were registered as of last Friday. 219 freshmen. So huh. pretty, pretty small. I'm it, a little surprised that sophomore number is as low as it is. I'm actually really surprised at that. Um, that'll be interesting. I know there are a lot of people who are going into freshman year who are yep. considering whether or not that would be something they would do. I was, I've talked to a lot of people. Part of it has got to be the people chapped about how tough it is to get into that part of town. Uh, listen, I, you know, I'll have a daughter who is, she'll go into high school in three years, and I suppose she could opt in over there if she wanted to, but... I don't want my friend. I don't want her driving around. Down you guys, there. Are, you're you're close enough. I'm, I'm yeah, we're, and we're cl- we're close yeah. where we are. My friend Oli was really upset about being chapped Why when I saw him at lunch yesterday. He says, "I can't be call in tomorrow, but getting from north to south in this town is really tough." It's true. People have said that. Thirty before. minutes it took him from uh, basically ninety first and Pine Lake to seventy seven and Saltillo. All right. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. All right. We will take a break. It is what chaps you're on Wednesday. Actually, we'll what t- happened is he got in a roundabout and couldn't get out. <laughs> 626 on KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, a little uh, scheduling business here. Uh, what chap tried Wednesday? I know I mentioned it, but I'm mentioning it again. Facebook post is up. Facebook.com slash LNK today. Text line is open. Rick Stein recognition. Text line 402-479-1400. Phone lines will be open at 710. Get it off your chest. Feel better the rest of the day, even while the snow is or isn't falling. Uh, later in the show, Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird at 810. John Bishop at 835. Uh, two days away. Two days away from Munch Madness Selection Friday. Caleb did did I, we nail that down yet? I don't know. <laughs> we spent a whole hour on this. <laughs> we not figured this out. By the way, one of the texters yesterday, and I can't remember who, um, but said, just figure it out and then don't argue about it every year. <laughs> Pick one thing. Yeah, I get what that person is saying, and that <clears throat> makes sense. I was like, I absolutely But agree. then we get a new batch of complainers. Every year, and I know it's easy to say just ignore <laughs> the complainers, but the, compla- the there's nothing the complainers love more than Munch Madness. This is their favorite time of year. The complaining fodder that Munch Madness brings for people is unmatched in our community. Mm-hmm. 
So it's it's another thing. In 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 its own way, it's kind of like what chaps tried Wednesday in that it absorbs all the disdain from people that they've got. <laughs> Munch madness is fueled by your hate and disposes of it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of like too. There's more like than there is dislike, but it really, really brings out the uh, the disdain. So anyway, yeah, two days from now, blowing out the entire show. No request line Friday. Uh, we're gonna have some special guests in here helping us out with the cal- the calculation, the tabulation. How it will work is once the uh, show gets going, we just want to hear from you. Whatever the easiest way to get a hold of us is text, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, phone uh write us a letter right now probably and send it we'll probably get it in time guess if you email sort of i'll probably see email. it yeah right so those don't are, fax we're not standing by the uh by the machine right. out there yeah singing telegram kissing telegram right. what kissograms what are those you don't know what a kissogram no, is? what they say in a stranger and kiss you yes Sounds and then, like and, then and then while they're there they tell you what restaurant they want in Munch Madness. <laughs> I'm here for Tia Letty's. Pucker up. <laughs> I think that's illegal. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, all right. Sound off time. Uh, let's let's get into what is going on with the sound off today. Uh, we obviously are starting with UFO talk. Good. Okay. We are obviously starting with UFO talk. And guess, again, it seems like this is being a little underreported, in my opinion. Some of the new, because I didn't know this until I woke up this morning and I started doing prep for the show. Maybe you all knew this because you're better, you were not tuned into the Husker basketball game the whole night and instead you were watching international news. But do people realize we got UFOs over Europe now? Do we know? Do we? It's realize? not just North America. We no. It's Europe now. <laughs> it seems alarming to me. Moldova closed its airspace. Romania scrambled military jets. Weather balloon-like objects prompting alarm in two neighbors of war-torn Ukraine. Romania says its radar detected the aircraft, but then its pilots failed to find them. Neither country expressing a theory as to where the objects came from. Moldova is already tense, with the president accusing Russia of a plot to overthrow its government. It banned soccer fans from Serbia from entering the country this week amid fears saboteurs were hiding among them. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. But they couldn't find them? That's what they said. What? Uh... Okay, so it, it, they show up. Please tell me this like I'm five. <laughs> So it shows. I mean, I'm not in aviation, so I don't know. That so I'll be so able it to shows do. up. I, I assume shows that was on one, the of, one of your hobbies. A little blip. Yeah, a little blip. They go. Okay, that's scramble there. the Moldovian version of the F-22. Get get the boys out there. They might have MIGs. I don't know how that works. Yeah, and uh, no bogey. No, nothing there. <laughs> that, that's that's the term, nothing right? There. Multiple times. Commander, if you're it's listening, did we, did we talk about that right? It's fine. That's I'm sure it's fine. Ted Carter. No, this in no Let way. This in no way sounds like the first 25 minutes of a massive alien war movie. In no way at all. Where's Will Smith? Like every single part of it that's happened, wait, I can wait, picture. Wait. Let's see. Instead of Independence Day, it was Valentine's Day. 
Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Let's see. Let's see if this makes you feel any better. This, I'm sure this, this will, uh, yeah. Four objects have now been shot down by U.S. fighter jets in the skies over North America over eight days this month, unprecedented in U.S. history. Beginning February 4th with that giant 2,000-pound Chinese spy craft blast out of the sky off the coast of South Carolina. And then those mysterious three objects over Alaska, Canada, and Lake Huron. The White House says while those objects have yet to be identified, quote, there are no... No UFOs. This is not an invasion of the aliens. U.S. officials say this could be a science project. (laughs) Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) There are no aliens. I repeat, there are no aliens. What is it then? Uh, could be a science project by aliens. We we knew there was a uh, there there was a local science fair. Um, yeah, that, that fourth got, got a that little four, out of hand. If that fourth grader is getting an A this year, if this is a science project, I told him to just do a volcano. <laughs> Everybody does it. And instead, he got everybody does it. I'm the s- Air Force called up, and I'm sending. Uh, I'm sending my uh, my the uh, balloons that I launched to Moldova, Mom. I mean, are they going to say something about that? That's the other thing is. So that's the only thing. Don't worry. It's not aliens. Maybe a science project. Also, also, well, here, let's let, let, let's listen to this. Is the White House, I mean, is the White House going to have like an official? Is this official- going to reassure me more yeah. or less? Oh, uh, let's see. White House officials are not explaining why President Biden has yet to address the three objects shot down since Friday, or even if he's just trying to avoid hyping concerns. The White House says later this week they'll release policy recommendations the National Security Advisor is gathering on how to identify and deal with future potential threats. The administration is considering the possibility the three objects may be benign although nobody has claimed them <laughs> are they helped? aliens Did, no what are they we really have no idea they might be benign they may be i mean tell me are, are they who knows they might be filled with acid kittens this is you an, don't know this is an amalgamation of every 90s alien movie the first 15 minutes of the movie ever created is what this is like you can see, you can see the denial, the sort of not people sort of uh, not worrying about it. Uh, that's not really a thing. But there is someone in a hallway who knows, and he's waiting to talk to the president. A hundred percent. Yes, a hundred. There's someone deep down is trying to figure out how to communicate that. Like there's some in some dark room. He says, "This country is about to have uh, is about to have its mind blown." Well, and it's not even. Yeah, there's some over the topness to the to the '90s ones, like when you had the Armageddon, and they're like, "Oh, we 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 got it on this satellite." But you also have the what was that movie a couple of years ago with Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, uh, like the that's sky little, one. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the sky uh, is falling thing up up in the air. Look up, look up. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm really bad. I'm a, just turn your mic. I'm on, a, tell me what it is. Don't look up. Don't, don't look, look up. up. Yeah, right. the opposite of the one I said. <laughs> I'm a regular El Kent Walgamot here in all these movies. <laughs> see the thing there? Don't. Okay. Okay. Let, all right. I got one more clip. Let's see if this this is the one, Caleb, that's going to assuage your okay. concerns. Good. Good. About aliens invading us. Good. Following a closed-door meeting between the intelligence community and United States senators about four flying objects shot down by the military in the last week, 
Democratic Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut believes more information could be shared with the public that wouldn't compromise national security. The American people need and deserve to know more. The objects had been found in multiple locations across the country. While Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer expresses his confidence in the Biden administration, he says some questions remain, like why the objects weren't discovered sooner. In Washington, Ryan Schmelz, Box News. Blumenthal sounded shook. What do you know, Richard? Blumenthal sounded shook Let coming the, out of that briefing, don't you? I'm not I saying... I mean, his I'm, voice was quivering. Give me the Richard leaks. He, he, the Richie leaks. He, he, they have, he's like begging that you've got to tell. The Americans need to know more. This is him coming out of a skiff after a classified briefing on exactly what we know. And he's like, people have to know more about this. Come on. You, you got to let the general. Again, it's like a movie. It's a, there, there's, it's, there's someone up there who knows, and he's like, we got to tell the people. And they're like, you can't tell the people. They'll freak out. They'll the go people nuts. will lose their minds. The weird thing is, I feel like everybody would be kind of happy. <laughs> like, all right. I mean, unless they turn into like, you know. Yeah, like what? Here's the other thing about this. Alien invasion. Okay, cool. That's a spectrum. What kind of alien invasion right. are we getting here? Yeah, are we Yeah, are we talking about, you know, Sigourney Weaver type situation? Uh, are we talking about E.T.? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a wide variety out there. Yeah. At this point. So there you go. But also maybe it's just a science project. That no one's claiming. <laughs> it could be sure, science. That's, it. that's probably it. <laughs> 2024 field is starting to fill up. Well, I wouldn't say fill up, uh, but we did have somebody else join it officially yesterday. Former South Carolina governor and U.S. ambassador to the U.N. Nikki Haley released a video Tuesday announcing her plan to run for president. It's time for a new generation of leadership. She was critical of President Biden in the video and said our foreign adversaries are on the march right now. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. She will make it official later on today in person at the Charleston Visitor Center. Former President Trump said even though Haley had said she wouldn't run if he ran, he said he told her she should follow her heart and he wished her luck. After her video release, a reporter asked Florida Governor Ron DeSantis if he'd be following suit. Wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) Jessica Rosenthal, Fox Did did she just say she was going to kick Donald Trump in the face? I think that's what she said. Trump is going to end her. She's strongly, she's strongly. Impl- ah. There's no way this goes she's well. She's going to kick him in the face. There's no or way somewhere. this goes well. Not at all. We'll see. We'll see. I, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be saying a lot more of she should follow her heart, though. I've got a feel. I've got for some reason I get the weird feeling that the rhetoric rhetoric is going to feel a lot different than that. <laughs> right, right now he's in the good for her phase. Hey, good for her. Let's, yeah. let's see how this turns out. Right. Uh, <laughs> I typically, well, let's see. I got a couple other things I wanted to get to before I do. Oh, this is interesting. So uh, for those of you who have tween or teen kids and you always wonder what is, uh, you know, all the kids, it seems like all their friends are on social media already. And you're like, I don't think my kids should be on social media yet. That does not, does not seem right. And then you'll look at like the user agreements and, like they're supposed to be 13 when they're on Instagram. I have a 12 year old right now. I don't want to deal with this um, a whole lot. And, and, and especially I think girls in particular. Yeah. Uh, but so lawmakers are now taking a look at whether or not the, they should be involved 
in these age limits that go along with social media. This Senate panel is looking at the question of how young is simply too young for social media. Something that emerged right off the bat is how much worse the effects of social media are for girls. 13 is the age at which Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook allow kids onto their platforms. The Surgeon General, though, infamously said he believes that is way too young. President Biden himself weighed in. He said he agrees with that assessment. We have to pass legislation on the damaging technology that's having an effect on our kids. Senator Josh Hawley, though, is really leading the charge right now. He's got a proposal that bans social media for all kids in America under age 16. Dang! Whoa. Dang, Hawley! Okay, a couple of questions on all of that. If Is that age where just it's their sole account? Or can you have, like your family be posting stuff, and obviously they're posting their kids. I assume what that would be is the terms of you. What Holly's thing is, I right. haven't seen it, would be the, the terms of you. The, the, legally, the companies cannot allow somebody under. So, what, so, so the terms of at, use is you've got to be 16 or older, okay. where it's 13 for some now. I think it varies depending on the My platform. other question is, why was why is 13 been that that number? It's what it was with face, Facebook. No, no, was no, no. Like, I, like I know Facebook was thirteen, and now kind of all these others have done thirteen. Yeah, I, but why thirteen? I don't know why any. Not, why well, any? Age? Well, yeah, that, that's I mean, like because typically it's what. What is the reason for that cutoff? What What is that age limit? I can understand sixteen going. Okay, well, if you're old enough that we're going to trust you with a license to where you can drive, absolutely get that. Like, what is thirteen? Yeah, and, and then the other question, but that the other question is, they might do that, but how many kids do you know? If you have a kid, my it might like my daughter's age. How many kids do you know, or do, do they know that are on all these things already? Anyway, yeah, that the parents didn't allowed it. And how e- easy yeah. is it to just go a- apart for whatever the rules are? How easy is it to just go click? Uh, yep, I agree. Right. And they're not. Yep, I mean, I'm you're always going to be able to get around that, but or sixteen or whatever. Huh. Uh, wow. So, uh, Josh Hawley and Joe Biden agreeing on things. Sounds like the type of thing that would happen just before an alien attack. Uh, last but not least, we don't do as much, uh, German ballet review on this show. Which is sad. As we might, but I'm going to break that trend today. And Good. Well, I think you're going to understand why very quickly. It took several days, but German ballet director Marco Goecker now says he is sorry for smearing dog feces on the face of a dance critic who had given him a negative review. The now suspended head of Hanover State Opera's ballet company is said to have approached the critic, Wiebke Huster, Saturday during a premiere at the Opera House, threatened to ban her from the ballet, then pulled out a bag containing the excrement and smeared her face with it. The public apology issued Tuesday called his act an overreaction and in the heat of the moment, it also puts the critic down, though, for what he said were often nasty reviews. She has filed a criminal complaint. Lillian Wu, Fox News. Listen, uh, heat of the moment. He had to be preparing ahead for this little bit by carrying a bag of dog excrement around. Armed for the moment. That really, that really harms your heat of the moment argument. It really does. I'm just saying. German ballet would, would, would that be called premeditated? Uh, sounds like it to me. <laughs> Moves it up from a third degree to a second degree dog poo infraction. Second degree feces? Yes. All right, 6.53. I did not know the world of German ballet was that intense with the reviews. 
Think about that next time you guys say anything bad about Munch Madness. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like the seating. <laughs> and guess what? I got a never-ending supply now, too. <laughs> 6024, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. They done it. And now LPD needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? Well, I'm glad we've got Officer Chad joining us right now because I think the entire community is wondering what kind of a readiness plan LPD has for the oncoming alien invasion. Uh, we have Officer Grant and his drones. <laughs> okay, that's, that's it. With that, that's all right, that's good. I just, I, I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining briefing in the morning, everybody in the room, and I, and uh, the head, the head person getting up and saying. <laughs> You know, going through, it's like, hey, got to be careful. Got a snowstorm coming today. Could have a lot of accidents. Here's a couple of here's a couple of suspects we're looking for or violating warrants or those sorts of things. Also, the aliens. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've been to lineup the last several days, and strangely enough, UFOs, aliens, they they haven't come up, haven't been mentioned. I'm, I'm more sorry. concerned if you guys are having to to stand outside of the lead in case there's any bad reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who's playing at the weed this week? It's not the the German ballet. Right? Uh, the no, symphony no. got done last week, yeah. and they don't have a show. So, uh, yeah, for I'm some reason, sure. that crowd never seems to get too rowdy. Yeah, that, that reminds me. That reminds me of one of my my favorite. I'm gonna pat myself on the back. One of my favorite tweets of all time was after the uh, the James Taylor concert at Pinnacle Bank Arena, and I was like, oh man, the Haymarket. It was like eleven o'clock after that concert, and I bet okay. I bet I bet the Haymarket is a mess with wild. Fifty-year-olds. Sorry yeah, for James yeah, Taylor. After James Taylor, yeah. <laughs> okay. After James Taylor put on a an A kicking show for everybody. <laughs> I, you know, I I've seen downtown get kind of rowdy after a Five Finger Death Punch concert yeah. with fifty-year-old fans. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah, not, not James Taylor. Not so much James Taylor. All right, what are we working on in real life? Uh, right well, now? the first one is going to be scary ride. Uh, this one is kind of scary. Uh, the female pictured here. Stole a car from the gas pumps at Super C on West A. Um, the victim saw this happening, runs out, latches onto the car, and ends up getting drugged with their arm through the window. Um, actually dragged him for about a block, block and a I half. I remember reading about yeah. this one in the Crashes news. Crashes on some ice and stuff, and she ends up getting away. But this one, I mean, that's that's pretty scary when yeah. you got people driving away and, and dragging the victim with the car. Yep. Uh, let's see. We'll do... Well, we're not going to go back that far. How about we do card? Okay. Uh, this one is a white Chevy Sonic was stolen from the 200th block of Saunders Avenue. Suspect shown here was captured on the video using the victim's credit cards at several stores throughout Lincoln. This one's pretty common. We get larcenies from auto or a stolen car where there's personal stuff inside. Mm-hmm. People are going out and using it for thousands of dollars in losses. All right, very good. Check out LincolnCrimestoppers.com to see the rest of the uh, things they're working on, and maybe you can help out and get a reward along the way. Thank you, Chad. I appreciate well, it. We'll talk to you guys. next week. 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you come across anything that gets in your way, call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414.
That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. Man, I feel like I'm not I'm not doing a great job here getting the mood going. I'm in a little bit too good of a mood here this morning between the aliens. between the aliens and Nebraska ball. Uh, anyway, may, maybe we'll maybe we'll get going. I'm sure I can find something that will uh, end up completely chapping my eye. But you can get it started. 402-479-1400. Uh, Facebook.com slash LNK today. Let us know what it is that is chapping your hide today. And uh, I suppose I better open up the text line here, shouldn't I? Let's see what we got on the text line. I don't line. think there's any on the Let's text line. Let's see what, what's, is it, maybe everybody's feeling like me today. Maybe everybody is. Facebook page, though, we will get to first, and we'll see what people have to say here. And we are going to start today with Will. People with Christmas lights still up and on. Uh, I found one in our neighborhood. I found, now, I might, we might be that person in our neighborhood, I just realized, because we have, we have, we didn't do, like, go all out at all Uh with the Christmas lights, but we have a nice, tastefully minimalist uh, display on our front door where you got, like, a spotlight on it, and you've got, like, a wreath and greenery around it. Um, We still have the greenery up around the door. Do I still have Christmas lights up? Am I? Am I the person who's bothering Will here? Only if they're turned on. Well, it's just a spotlight. It's one floodlight making the door. It's very classy. It's very tastefully done. Here's my question, my and not not to belittle Will's chap, because obviously I, I know this is a thing that comes up each year. What is the problem with having Christmas lights up? <laughs> I don't know. I was weirdly excited when like, I... Like, as long as you're... Uh, to, it's still winter, right? It, it's still the, the time of year where there's not okay, a lot of green, is, there's not a lot of color. Is there a time where it legitimately bothers you? Right. I mean, that, if we get to Easter, are you going to be bothered by this? No, it's not my house. <laughs> what if it's your next door, what if your next door, next door neighbor, I mean, and they got all red and green, and they got like some blow-ups, like a, they got blow-up Snoopy and Woodstock out there and well, stuff? I, I don't want it to, to <laughs> I don't want it to get to 4th of July, and they still have their Nightmare Before Christmas decorations There up. is a, okay, here's, I can beat, I can beat that one. <laughs> I was driving in the neighborhood by my house, and there is somebody who has one of those giant, remember, maybe you saw these on Halloween's, they look like they're 15 feet tall skeletons. Uh-huh. Somebody yeah. has that still in their yard. Well, from I assume that, that maybe takes they, a little bit to get back down. Maybe they keep it up year round. I'm not sure, but that's got to be a bigger problem within the neighborhood than probably the Christmas lights. But I feel like people have been pretty good this year with the Christmas lights. I, again, I found one in the last week. I've probably seen one house in the various neighborhoods that I drive through typically. Like, usually this neighborhood that we go through here to get to work through the back way, this is usually one of the the late uh, the late Christmas take-or-downers. But they, I think they're all down here. I'm not paying into an HOA, so keep them up for as long as you want, all right? 
Oh, there's one that'll chap people's eye. <laughs> oh, man. Will also is uh, also chapped by the president who thinks we have a good economy. Let's break down the economy now and what the president has said about it. Just kidding. All right. Uh, we're going to the phones. 402-479-1400. Scott, not Molly, is first. Good morning, Scott. What's chapping your eye today? Scott. Hey, you guys dropped out. I couldn't hear you. Sorry. Hey, uh, what's up? Okay. Uh, my problem, or my... But chaps my hide is Mark and Caleb. Okay. Oh boy. Oh, uh, you all kind of bring it on. <laughs> okay, guys, it's bad enough that you guys let Jack keep singing. <laughs> there was a point on Friday when a song dropped out, and he kept singing, and my ears are still ringing from that. <laughs> but last week there was a point when he started going off about the weather. And how nice things are going to be, and how great things are going to be, and you guys let him keep talking. Have you guys learned nothing over the years? Now yeah. it's going to snow again. It's going to be worse than twenty or nineteen. Or what was it? Ninety-seven when it was so bad. Yeah. And it's coming. now we're all going to die. And we're going to have a really bad winter. And the groundhog was right. Scott, do you not have any best friends that you just let walk into bad situations, knowing it's going to be funny later? Not when it affects the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scott. I'm annoyed with them for that, too. It's really bad. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. I it's love how a, that started out. It's a chap at at me and Mark, but it was about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As if Scott thinks I appreciate that's how I take on personal responsibility too. Same same sort of guidelines. As Everyone Scott else needs to reel me in. All right, another <laughs> another Scott on the Facebook page. CBD quote dispensary weed stores in every block that must be required by law to be lit up like a bug zapper at night. The one on North Twenty Seventh has got to be illegally bright. Between the weed stores, bright white CBD lights, and Chinese restaurant windows outlined in colorful LEDs, there's no effort to be unique anymore. And without these lights, I guess we would never know they existed. He is right. It's the biggest strip over there. I drove by that one on North 27th. We were going to an early... I, we were, I talked about this before on there. We were going to an early volleyball game my daughter had on a Sunday morning, and so it was still dark outside. And I drove by that one that he's talking about. I think it's one that's in an old bank building, so they've actually got a yeah. drive through <laughs> He is right. The electric bill on that thing... It is bright. And these aren't like the sort of lame, not that bright LED Christmas lights. No. You can see that thing it's, from space. It's uh, it's Lincoln's version of the Las Vegas Strip. It, and, and he's also right, too. Every single other one, either there or it feels like other parts. Like there's one on 84th Street in Northeast Lincoln, too, where the light up, it's just like blinking bright lights. Um, that I mean, it is super bright. He's right. The for some reason, the the CBD slash vape slash Delta Eight, uh, whatever kratom, 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 whatever that is, stores they they have really cornered the market on looking like it's it's Las Vegas here. So it's uh, I I'm I'm with him on that. If you haven't seen that one on North Twenty Seventh, go drive by, take the family out for a good time. Hey kids. <laughs> But look at some weed lights. And we're worried I, 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 and we're worried about okaying medical marijuana. <laughs> okay? Because I get you. Yeah. All right. Uh Logan says the amount of objects we are suddenly finding and shooting down and the general idiocy of our politicians. Aliens. 
Yeah. We'll get into that more a little bit later. <laughs> uh, oh, this is a great one that I'm done with for my life. I guess until I have grandkids, maybe. Michaela, the drop-off pickup lane at school when people don't follow the rules. Caleb, I can't wait for you to be in this world. <laughs> I can't wait. because, I, And I can tell you about it. I can tell you about it. Because the rules, frankly, you, you don't. They're complex at many schools. They're not simple to understand. In fact, I don't think I had a good grasp of my elementary school pickup drop-off rules till my son was in about fourth grade. Now, that's still only one-third of my way through my elementary school <laughs> drop-off, or I was, I was the pickup person, the pickup. But there are very specific rules as to where you can be, where you can stop, where you can park, which direction that you're going, at least at my kid's elementary school. And you finally start to understand them and follow them, and then you get very, you get very hoity-toity about people who don't follow them after you get to the point where you finally understand them. The other thing that's still uh, incredible to me, and sometimes this was me, so, but the amount of people who would show up like forty-five minutes early to pick up their kids and just sit there. But all of these schools, so many of these older schools were built because I went to the same school my kids did, and I rode a bus every day. You either rode a bus or you walked. There was or, not, or took your bike, or took your bike. There was not a kid. Uh, there were very rarely a kid. I guess I should say maybe there was very rarely a kid whose parents picked them up from school, and so they did not design the schools to be able to handle eight hundred parents being there every day and the traffic that goes along with that. And so that's the genesis of this whole thing. But Michaela's exactly right. Yes, uh, you, my, my daughter will attend school the same way I did. You're going to wake up and like you're going to walk. a farmhouse? Oh. I'm not from that small of a town. Oh, really? Sounded like it to me. No, she's uh, she's going to walk. <laughs> one room, one room, grades K through 12 all in the same room? My brother-in-law went to a school like that. No joke. <laughs> he went to an old country school. Like the heritage school here in uh, in Lincoln. Got to bring your got to bring your lunch in the old coffee can uh, with the whole thing. Uh, Greg says, uh, oh, man. Greg's mad about COVID, yeah, yeah, COVID policy. Yeah, Jeez, he is. He's, holy cow. He's mad about bureaucrats abusing their power, pretending we're in a COVID emergency. Hos, ho, I'm not taking out one of the words he's using. Uh, hospitals pretending they can enforce masks as a hospital policy. Well, actually, Greg, hospitals can enforce a mask policy because they set up their own rules. Yeah. I they, mean... Yes, uh, businesses have the ability to. I, I have a hunch Matt Schulte's uh, discussion about the COVID emergency may have been a catalyst. Yeah, you had that one. in the news yesterday. That's what. Yep. Uh, what was that primarily about? Well, the, the COVID emergency. The state dropped their policy twenty months yeah, but ago. What's the impact of it? Well, it's just uh, the, the, the I mean, time I and know. effort to keep all the stuff going. All right, uh, and then one more on the phone. Peter says, customers at grocery stores who have to check the date on every bag of produce only to find out that they're all the same while I'm waiting to put some in my cart. Occasionally, you'll find one in the back that's yes. newer. Yes. That happens with milk, too, by the way. FYI. Happens with salads all the oh, time. God. Bag salads. Bags of, I get bags of romaine. Does it, that extra day matter to you guys that much? Uh, it, yeah, for rome for lettuce, yes, yes. absolutely. Yes, absolutely. For lettuce, it definitely does. I don't eat lettuce, so. Uh, and then here's the other thing. The inconsistency on some of that produce and other items, or, and meat as well. Some people, some of the pl things will be labeled with a uh, freeze or use by date, 
And then some will just be labeled with a packed on date. And those are very different things. And there's also a third one. What's that? It's just PB. Purchase by. Purchase by. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> so I can bring it home and keep it in my, if I buy, buy it by this day, I can keep it in my fridge for two months and I'm going to be fine. That's not helpful at all. I know. I want the date. The only thing I want on there is the date I shouldn't <laughs> eat it by in my own house. I don't care when it was on the shelf. I don't care when it was packed. I don't care any of it. That's the only date that I need to know. We need to get that consistent. All right, let's go to the phones because now we got some phone calls here uh it looks like we have ben oh ben hi ben how are you doing well you know yeah i will acknowledge that a historical injustice has been righted <laughs> with the uh, the um declaring uh daily owns eligible for why didn't you make the argument that we came upon during this entire time you could have just told us that and this could all been over <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a kind I- of a year problem <laughs> The Taco Rico, the, for people who don't know, we said De Leon's can be in much madness this year because there are two De Leon's entities. There's the Taco Rico and there's De Leon's Mexican Food, which are separate entities, the latter of which is the original and only has two locations and Lincoln doesn't have a location anywhere else. So anyway, we didn't know that till uh, now. All you had to do was say but, it. You know, I guess that, that's on me for not doing the research. <laughs> we agree. But, I mean, we agree. But I mean, why do research when you can just scream into the void? That's true. Um, Speaking of, for, yeah. speaking of screaming hey, you know, voices, wait a minute, wait a couple of seconds here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I I thought I'd never be Super Bowl halftime show take guy, but oh boy. here I am. Oh boy. Um, you know, I guess the, really what I went away from that whole uh, halftime show was, I think pregnant women have been putting one over on us. <laughs> I think they can do a heck of a lot more. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Oh, Oh, thanks, Ben. No. Just a disclaimer <laughs> for KLIN listeners, the opinions of callers <laughs> do not reflect the opinions of the KLIN hosts. Or other members of the t- team. Or, uh, yes, or, or anyone else. She did a good job. She did a great job. I liked Umbrella. <laughs> I liked Umbrella. All right, back to the phones. That Paul is going to finish us uh, finish off the segment today. Good morning, that Paul. What's chapping your hide? Oh, good morning, guys. How you doing? Uh, good. Uh, you sound Uh-oh. like you're doing well. Well, you see, I can tell why you're a little concerned. Why there hasn't been a why, why there's been a dearth of disgruntled denizens of the great city of Lincoln, and I can tell you the problem. You're having the show the day after Valentine's Day when love is literally in the air. Who could possibly have anything to complain on a day like today? Not even that Paul can complain today. I mean, you've got the Husker men's winning last night. Yay. And the best part of all, <laughs> chocolate's on sale today. <laughs> have a great day, guys. Thanks, that Paul. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll calm that Paul chaps my heart. That's terrifying. That's much scarier than a... Worse than the aliens. Than an irate screaming, that Paul. It's been an eventful show altogether, I think, is what I would say at this point right yeah. now. It's been an eventful show, and uh, we got more of it coming up. We're going to take a break right now. we got 28 degrees. Sports is next. If you didn't stay up for the end of the Nebraska basketball game, it didn't start that late, so that's kind of weird. Uh, and number two. <laughs> number two. 
Uh, well, that's only that's it. That's number one, and that's the only one. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, it is time to count them down. Let's get it started with number five. To snow or not to snow, that is the question. National Weather Service, they're saying, yeah, we're going to get it. 3 p.m. winter storm warning kicks in this afternoon, goes till 6 tomorrow night. They say for the Lincoln area, 4, maybe 4.5, 5, 4 in the northern part of the county, 8 to 9 in the southern part. Channel 8. The, they Malcolm's newest forecast just says a couple of inches for our area. Oh, here we go. So here we go, y'all. That I'm just gonna lay it out there. That Malcolm's been Malcolm's done that before, and he's been right. He has been right. Uh, Rusty Dawkins, his uh, tweet last night. Let's see, this happened at 10:28 last night. He's got Lancaster County divided almost in half, two to four inches north, four to six inches south. Okay. Well, that would match what Malcolm is saying. Well, they work together, so maybe they... I've maybe, seen them maybe disagree. It was, maybe it was a group project. Could be. Yeah. Science project, maybe? Two to four and four to six. Ah, man. I, I've just seen this movie too many times, guys, and this is not, you know, don't take this the wrong way. Don't do, don't do things that are unsafe or plan a camping trip tonight or anything like that, but... Man... It's hard. It's hard to believe. It's we have been conditioned by two years of snowstorm forecasts that didn't come through. Two full winters almost of these. Did you happen to watch Rusty's uh, YouTube last night? Late last night, I watched it this morning. I did not. I was making and, Nebraska ball memes. And, I, and <laughs> there, there was one model that he showed. He says I don't put much stock in this one. There was one model that he showed the video on that said Lincoln for 17.1 inches. <laughs> well, I mean, you Let's go... Let's do that one. The Nebraska-Kansas border, which is the war zone of weather <laughs> for our entire life. That or the Nebraska-South Dakota border. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, Hebr- Thayer County and Hebron always get the worst possible everything. I always feel sorry for that town. They're, I mean, they, they're looking at up to eight inches there that they could be getting, and that's not, you know... Who knows? It could be a little shift. Mark, it's it's the same thing we've heard with every storm. Could be a little shift to the north, and we're we're talking about a foot of snow. Could be a little shift to the south. And we're talking about seventy five degrees and sunny. I mean, it just it, you don't know. There's no way you can know. But fool me once, shame on me. Fool me forty seven times over multiple winters, shame on you. I think you got that backwards. No, 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 no. Both of them, shame on you. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you said all right. 
Uh, anyway, timing on this, like you said, it starts at 3 o'clock in the afternoon with the winter weather warning. Um, that actually goes quite a ways into tomorrow night, doesn't it? 6 p.m., yeah. Ooh. Why is that? What is that just because of wind? Yeah, and depending on how long the heavy snow lasts, I mean, it's going to take a little while to get that cleaned up and then the wind and get things back to the... Um, I will we, tell we just got to wait and see. Jeez. Uh, National Weather Service, I, the hourly forecast where they they give the graph of the hourly and then they have snow totals on it. Right. They got Lincoln with seven inches here. It's right now, right now, the current forecast has it, it for seven inches. It's literally changing by the hour, I think. Is it? Do we know how fast of a system this is moving? Because I know fairly, with some, with, fairly quick. Okay, because with some of these that have been coming, there have been the expectations of snow in Lincoln and Lancaster County as a whole. But then, as they got closer and they came down from the from the north, the system slowed down enough that they. They dropped most of the precipitation before it even got to Lincoln, and it stayed just warm enough here because the system didn't quite that that cold front didn't get here yet. Yeah, that's that's very possible. Uh, now, I just updated uh, the forecast from Malcolm at Channel Eight, and he's saying, you know, you talk about this thing lasting till six p.m. tomorrow, Jack. Uh, he's saying we could actually see a peak of sun by late tomorrow afternoon. Okay. So, I mean that that's how dynamic this is. We will uh, we will see total snowfall this year so far three point six inches total snowfall last winter five point one inches total snowfall in twenty twenty one forty nine point four inches. We've had a couple of good rains though. We had that, that rain yesterday. Yeah, we really did. Good. Hey, you know did what? Did you Mark? hear the thunder? You know what, Mark? We need the rain. Did you hear the thunder? Yeah, yesterday? that that was solid. Uh, as a little inside baseball, I was getting transmitter calls because of that, Mark. Good. <laughs> that means it hasn't been hit yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Anything else that we want? Anything else people do need to know about uh, about that, Mark? If the weather gets real bad, we'll have the latest updates here. Our closings, if there are any, will be posted on at KLIM.com. Right sided about halfway down. Uh, you'll be able to stay up to date. So we'll, but, do, we'll do the best we can. Let me let, let me say this real quick. If, if Lincoln would get seven and a half inches like National Weather Service has listed right now in their hour by hour, it'd be the 20th biggest snowstorm in Lincoln's history. Really? Wow. Now, that would be, now I should say, that would be single day, and this technically would be over two days. So that'd be a two day one. So and it's, it's, it'd probably be just outside of the top It's 20 technically then. in recorded history. Yes. I did not count like the 1200s yes, when I did this. That's what I was Seven, four, uh, Why am I giving the time right now? All right. Now it's time to go to the next number. Number because four. 744. Jose Tobinaga scored 15 of his 22 points in the second half. Masterful performance by the Huskers. They took down the Scarlet Knights 82-72 in Piscataway. It was a incredibly impressive performance. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, and I did not... And they've had their moments this year, but this was... I mean... I, maybe you could make an argument for the Iowa game this year when Nebraska just blew Iowa out. But given the context of this game, the injuries, sort of the you know the, where you are motivationally because of where this season has gone, your opponent and what they specialize in. There have been some good moments this year. Come back again, Wisconsin. This was the most impressive this team I think has been 
in any single game all year. And it's actually a year of a, a few of those debatable moments because of the way that they played offense. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, well, the way they played offense against what it was uh, going into yesterday's game, the second best defensive efficiency team in the country. Yeah. And high pressure put on the press. Nebraska has problems with turnovers. They still kind of had problems with turnovers <laughs> yesterday, which is so good. But when you're just making shots, which they just haven't done consistently, man, it makes a difference. The other part on those turnovers, as I was watching that, I wouldn't even consider all of those turnovers like bad turnovers. There was one that Sam oh, sure, Hoiberg... the good types of turnovers. Well, there, there was one that Sam Hoiberg threw, and it, C.J. Wilcher needed to continue going to the basket mm. on, the, on the press break. And if he does, he has a layup. Instead, he stops at about the short corner and goes back out to the three-point line, and the ball just goes out of bounds. Wilcher had another one to, to Hoiberg where they just got mixed signals. To me, those are you're looking to put a guy in a really good position to score as opposed to you're just losing the ball. Like you're making bad passes that guys are tipping yeah. that are absolutely avoidable. It's been interesting how Fred has used his personnel during, especially after the, the Banamel This is the seventh new lineup good. in the last 11 games. Yeah, and like Blaze Cata plays almost an entire half against Wisconsin, doesn't hardly play in this game. I don't know if Denham Dawson even saw the floor during this game. I'm not sure. He was starting a while ago. Hoiberg has had his turn. And then Wilcher, all of a sudden, I look at the line, I'm like, Wilcher's starting? Mm -hmm. I was very surprised by that. And it turns out that was a great decision because he basically kept the Huskers afloat through the first quarter of the game. Five of nine on threes yesterday. Good for him. Tomonaga hits four threes. Just insane. And... Like it or not, I like it, I'm glad, but like it or not, you can put to bed the coach hot seat discussion now. Yeah, that's done. That's over. Might have been over after Wisconsin. It's definitely over now. Right. The three of the last four games they've won. Like it or not, there's no way Trav's making a move now. No. The the next three games are at home at Pinnacle Bank Arena, starting with Sunday. Sunday in a weekend. There's a Sunday game, there's a Saturday game, and then a Tuesday. At the very least for those weekend guys, pack that Sunday place. needs to be crazy. Uh, Sam, You know what Sam Greasel tweeted out? I saw it. He quoted the Huskers tweet about the game coming up where they had a link to tickets, and he said, no sit Sunday, question mark. Huh? Man. Let's get raucous. Ugh. And by the way, do I get to go to any of these? Because I don't think you're allowed to go. I, in the Big Ten season, I have gone to all the losses. I have not gone to any of the wins. Just no. stay home and watch it. And listen. You know, and I watch sync the, it up to the to the audio here because Husker fans need to make it a full weekend because you've got at, men at home on Sunday. You want to pack that place on Saturday. The women are hosting uh, Iowa. Oh boy, Caitlin Clark is going to look up to the crowd and egg you guys on too the entire game. Good, she get is, loud, is. feed it. You. Number three, after reviewing enrollment numbers for the upcoming school year twenty three twenty four LPS. Dr. Paul Gosman uh, told the Board of Education last night the uh, Standing Bear High School first year will only have 9th to 10th grades. Uh, enrollment, 219 uh, freshmen, only 26 sophomores, so that's all they're going to offer that first year. Um, they said, it, you know, it's a little less than what they had at Northwest, but Northwest is growing. They had about 500 in the first year, and, and it'll be up around 800 by next year. I am surprised. I'm kind of surprised the number of sophomores is that low. Now, Northwest had up to juniors, right? Yes. Their first year, so next year they'll have a senior class. Uh, so it'll take two years until Standing Bear. So we're talking the class of 2026, right? Will be their first graduating class. 
Am I doing the math right? 2024 would be sophomores. 2025 would be juniors. Yeah, class of... I think I'm doing that right. I might not be doing that right. But anyway, I'm, I'm a little surprised that number isn't a bit higher. Because right. I, I think there was some... You know, there's some thought when a new school opens like this, the thought is, well, as opposed to going a bigger school, going to a southeast or a east or a southwest, or in the case of on the other side of town, a, a, a northwest or Lincoln High, there's going to be smaller numbers, so maybe there are more opportunities to have to to be able to be have an opportunity to a- activities that you wouldn't otherwise sports, but other activities right. as well that are that are select. At that point, and I thought that might be a, a reason that there were a lot of people because it's incredibly competitive at those other schools. Yes, yeah. um, no, and so it, I thought maybe that would be a reason. I think that's why a lot of freshmen are considering it, but maybe not as many sophomores. Yeah, when you when you look at those activities, one of them non sports, one act they are con- they are planning to be varsity competition for that, mm-hmm. which that'll be incredibly interesting at at, a, at an upper class level to to be trying to put on those performances with so many freshmen and. Maybe a couple of sophomores. Um, they'll also be looking at non-varsity competition, football, volleyball, basketball, soccer, softball, and baseball. Um, varsity for everything else. Okay. So they'll try and move, and then they'll probably try and move some of those teams to varsity the next year. It might take two but years. It, it might take them. two years. I actually I would not anticipate having varsity competition for like a football or soccer. Yeah, I think they kind of like, learned north they kind of learned the lesson with Northwest this year trying you gotta to get, get which is tough for the kids who want to go there and do that. You got to get at least a junior class I think I believe for those, especially if you're looking at class B and A level. And 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 I don't know how much this weighs in too, but it is I mean the location of it while that is a area that's really growing there's still not a ton of residential area that's really close to that, mm-hmm. right? It's j- just the distance that it is to the south. I wonder if that impacts it a little bit um, in terms of the interest of doing it. Just because, because obviously there's nothing to the south of there. It's at the end of the it's at the end of the city mm-hmm. to the south, and basically the same case to the east too. Uh, but yeah, they will uh, they will be up and running next year. What and are they? The Grizzlies? Years. Is that what it is? So the, the name. Standing Bear Grizzlies, yeah. yeah. Grizzlies. All right. Good luck to them. Number two. Romania briefly scrambled some military jets. Moldova temporarily closed its airspace yesterday. Authorities in both countries reporting mysterious weather balloon-like objects traversing their skies. Okay. We're just going to... We're gonna just gonna act like this is normal too, okay? Yep. <laughs> They're spreading different parts of the country. Now we're in Eastern Europe as well. All right. It's it's a real slow burn for the alien invasion here. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, it had been detected by radar systems at an altitude of thirty six thousand feet. Mark, how hot is that in the? Uh, yes. Is that it's the in commercial, commercial jet? All it, right. It certainly so is. So similar to the last. The one Three. over Lake, Lake Huron was that, at about 20,000. Okay, the, in that same range as the, those, which is why they shot them down, or why they said now, The they big did. Chinese balloon was up forty to 60,000 uh, at one point, uh, but they decided to bring it down anyway. Yeah. Well, and here's the, the, the one thing about this is they saw them on radar. They scrambled jets, but they couldn't find them. Either on the onboard radar or they couldn't make visual contact with this. And they did send up MiGs, by the way. I was right about that. Wow. 
So they hung around for like 30 minutes trying to find these things that were there on radar. And then they got out of there because they couldn't find them on their own onboard radar or with their eyes. They may have left their airspace by then. You know, you can get some of these upper level winds that are. Yeah, really those booking. balloons can move fast, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> just keep acting like nothing weird's happening, everyone. Let's just keep acting like it. No, I'm let's sure em- embrace be- the weird. Sure, they just floated away and just invisible <laughs> completely. Number one. Sometimes being number one is not uh, good for you. Uh, when it comes to the most sinful states in the union, uh, Nebraska, number 42. <laughs> yeah, it's wallet up. That's about what I thought. Above Utah, I assume. Utah uh, is 43. Uh, yeah, I was exactly right. Utah is one <laughs> below Nebraska. Uh, wow. Less sinful than Nebraska, South Dakota, Connecticut, Iowa, Vermont, New Hampshire, Idaho, and Wyoming. For the first three, I thought you were just like, oh, let me guess. And I was like, how is he running these off in yeah, order? No. no, I would not have guessed. I would have not guessed South Dakota. I would have thought South Dakota probably. <laughs> Having spent some time in South Dakota, I would have guessed they were And higher. your guess on number one most uh, sinful? Yep. Nevada. Yeah. Two is more interesting, though. I don't know what two is. Probably New Jersey? Florida or California. 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 All right. Followed by Louisiana, Florida, Pennsylvania, Texas, Tennessee, Illinois, and South Carolina. How did Nebraska do on the individual rankings? Um, let's see. You get down here individually. Uh, 33rd in anger and hatred. Okay, Jealousy. Little, kind of middle of the road. Yeah. yeah. We were the highest in excesses and vices. Oh, really? We were 22nd. But almost last, I have the numbers in front of me now, almost last in laziness, almost last in jealousy, more middle of the road in vanity, greed, and lust. Uh, But excesses and vices were the biggest problem. All right. So there you go. They're living in a fairly, fairly sin-free state as compared to other states. I I think they have said that a vice is chili and cinnamon rolls, too. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one pushing us over. It's probably okay. All right, 756, that is it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Live Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. Quick note from Chris Lofkin, Time Saver Traffic, 48th and Holdridge. Southbound accidents may want to avoid that area. Not far from where we are here. Well, it is a little ways from where we are right now. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there, is it? We've got the Mary Larry and Gaylor Baird joining us uh, right now to talk about what is uh, going on here with the city of Lincoln uh, and uh, what the mayor's office has going on. Good morning, Mayor. How are you doing today? Hey, good morning, Jack. I'm doing well. How are good, you? Good. I'm. I'm uh, good. We're. I mean, we're doing the eternal speculation here uh, on the on the snow forecast, which I'm sure some of the people at the city find themselves doing a lot too, as as they're uh, they're thinking about this. What, and you know that I I know it's probably a standard routine getting ready for these things, but you've got another range here where it's it could be as low as two inches, could be as high as eight inches. Could be zero. What we get all the time. Uh, how does how does the city kind of manage that that situation where there's a huge wide variety of things that could happen? 
Yeah, well, to your point about, you know, getting ready in advance or thinking about it well in advance, our winter ops team is making plans during the summer months for snow. I mean, I get contracts sent to my desk for signature to make sure we have our private snow plowers in place should we need them. So, you know, they're very proactive about being ready for whatever Mother Nature throws our way. I think they're kind of excited. You know, they, we, we need the moisture, but um, we want to make sure that we are responding um, as needed and so that winter ops team is monitoring the weather throughout the day and they'll they'll put out no, news uh, you know announcements about their the action steps they're yeah. taking as they unfold yeah yeah imagine if your passion in life was plowing snow like that is your one you're you're here in lincoln you got this job you're doing various things but one of your chances is to plow snow and then you go through the last two winters where right. we've got a combined total of like four inches of snow none of it plowable this could be this could be game day. This could be Super Bowl Sunday for right. for these people. So right. it could be finally here. Well, All, they've got their game faces on. That's so. good. That's good. Although we will, I will point out, I need to actually see it to believe it, given everything that's happened with the forecasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I, but I did, I, you know, at least I did find a job other than talk radio host and mayor that uh, also gets critiqued fairly frequently. Meteorologist. <laughs> So, I think most people expect them to be wrong a decent share of the time. Yeah. So, I mean, there might yeah. be a little more, uh, you know, compassion for them. <laughs> um, let's talk, l- l- speaking of, of the streets driving around, I know there was a little bit of news that came out yesterday, and I think there's more coming on it. Uh, I understand the city was awarded a federal grant for a, a transportation safety initiative, uh, I think about $400,000. Tell us mm-hmm. where this came from and, and how people might see the results of, of how it's used going forward. Right. Well, you know, at the State of the City last fall, I unveiled our Safe Streets Lincoln initiative. It's a Vision Zero project, um, part of a federal initiative to eliminate traffic-related deaths and serious injuries in our community. And so we applied to the U.S. Department of Transportation for kind of the initial planning grant that allows us to fully analyze and work with community members to identify places that they think need attention, that need traffic calming measures, or policies that we might want to consider to help make sure that we are keeping the public safe as they travel our streets. So we'll use this grant to develop that plan in partnership with our public. And then with that plan in place, we'll be primed to apply for additional funds to do road improvement projects or to put in more flashing beacon lights at crosswalks as we have started to do uh, throughout the city because there are, there's data and evidence that, that shows a reduction in collisions and injuries when you have those in place. Um, I know the goal is, uh, I, I think there was a quote from Liz Elliott, it was something like reducing um, fatalities and reduce serious crashes by 60% by 2045. So over 20 years, cut out more than, than half of these things. Is I mean, is there is there a real belief that there are tools out there, that there are even things you can do now to, to really that make that attainable if you've got the resources? Well, I mean, that's what our transportation planners are going to work really hard to achieve. I mean, the aspirational goal is to absolutely eliminate traffic deaths. You know, any death is one too many. And so LTU has an intermediate goal, like you said, of a 60% reduction over the next 20 years. And what they'll do is they'll look at our crash data. They'll look at um, what the public is pointing to as difficult areas. And We'll see if we can make proactive changes to intersections that help support 
our drivers, our pedestrians, you know, anyone who's on a bike. And where we see incidents of, you know, maybe trends, we'll evaluate what is it about that intersection that's contributing to those collisions and crashes. We'll address it. And then we'll look at and see if there are other intersections like that in the community where we should take proactive steps to prevent crashes and injuries from happening. So whether that's shortening the crosswalk, whether that's installing lights, whether that's reducing the speed limit in some cases, or or preventing U-turns that are causing and contributing to injuries, those are the kinds of changes you could expect to see from this effort. So, uh, and, and I assume LTU and, and your office hears about these too, but I do hear, I mean, I hear from people who mention specific intersections who say, mm-hmm. okay, there's a, there's too much foliage and it's hard to see yeah. left in this area or, or, or right. we'll do it. Is there going to be a public outreach as part of this where people can yep. say, yeah, this, this specific area, you know, it may not be a general thing, but like this specific area just feels dangerous and I drive on it every day. Yes. And the public engagement is a major component of this Safe Streets Lincoln Vision Zero project. So it is an opportunity for people to share their experience firsthand with our traffic team and our traffic engineers. Um, let's talk a little bit. It's, I, I know there's been a lot of talk about the second water source. We talked a little bit about this last month, the possibility of considering the Missouri as that, that second, uh, water source or the new water source, I should say, for the city of Lincoln in the future. And we've kind of gotten down into the, the big picture thing on that. Where are we in, in the process of sorting, evaluating the plans that have been put out there so far? Right. Well, so this water source advisory committee that we convened with diverse stakeholders from across the community, community leaders, business leaders, and facilitated by Olson Engineering, um, helped us evaluate a number of different options. They recommended the Missouri because of its reliability and the ability to maintain our water independence. And um, that is a recommendation that I recently publicly announced that I accepted. We're really confident that this is the way to continue our water independence and to develop even more economic prosperity for Lincoln and our region. And so some of the next steps include trying to secure resources to implement that recommendation. We have a big ask at the state legislature that's being carried by Senator Elliot Bostar for $200 million to help to secure the right away, do the testing and analysis to start, you know, building the infrastructure. Uh, that ask is, is in this legislative cycle. We have $20 million from the previous year, thanks to Senator Wishart and Senator Bostar's work. So um, really another next step for the public is that there is an open house March 7th from 5.30 to 7 p.m. at Southwest High School. So folks who want to learn more about our project to get a second water source for Lincoln can come out to Southwest High School on March 7th and learn more and ask their questions. So with you saying you're, you're coming out in, in support of this recommendation, I, I mean, I know part of the evaluation is cost. Part, part mm-hmm. of the evaluation, I guess, is sustainability or, you know, how long this can right. continue to be. What are, what, are the, what are the things that you're looking for that you're evaluating when you look mm-hmm. at this recommendation from the experts? Well, definitely reliability. We want to make sure we have a great source that's uh, reliable, redundant, that can make sure that we can have water continue to flow to people's taps no matter uh, the storms we face or, you know, having a second source will provide that redundancy. Also, a source that is reliable and plentiful so that we can support the water needs of our community, the growth of our community into the future. And this option really gives us kind of the longest time horizon, you know, beyond 2075. This would be a plentiful water source, according to our analysis. And then local authorities, top of mind for the committee and myself, 
Uh, we want to make sure that no one can raise rates on us or monitor or control the amount of water that we can access. We want to kind of be in charge of our water destiny and really that's about water security into the future. So I'm really pleased with the recommendation. Uh, this is a great option for Lincoln and I want to thank the Advisory Council for their commitment and dedication to getting to this moment. Um, on, on another issue related to, to Lincoln Police and the Special Victims Units, LPD as a, as a Special Victims Unit and, and dealing often, I think, frequently with, with children, maybe other situations as well. This is something that, that is being relocated, that is being changed, that is being expanded a little bit. I know there was an announcement about, uh, about this a week ago, but, uh, what, what, and, and I know you had, you were, you were joined by the police chief, um, and, and some others on this, but what does this mean exactly for the capabilities of the Special Victims Unit for LPD? Well, co-location has proven benefits for the victims of child abuse and their families. And so this expansion of what's now called Brave Bees Child Advocacy Center uh, allows our Special Victims Unit to move in. Our team is there, their offices are co-located, and that will allow for um, really quick response to victims' needs and the ability to investigate their cases and bring about swift outcomes and justice for them. And so this this is a really important co-location that's also enhanced by the fact that we're going to have there are medical and mental health services now on site and additional triage space for kids who are waiting foster care placement. I mean, this expansion is even bigger than LPD's co-location. And it's just a wonderful testament to the kind of public-private partnerships that we have in our community to serve, you know, some of our youngest community members in the most vulnerable moments in their lives. And uh, it's a really proactive approach to addressing child abuse, and we believe it'll deliver better outcomes and resolution for the victims and their families. Um, and then speaking of expansions, well, I know this is something we, we've talked about in, in the past was this biosolids program. I understand, as I understand, and I don't quite understand the science of it, to be <laughs> honest, but it's, it, I mean, it's got to do with, with what's, what's created through the wastewater process. I'm sort of just saying things I think I know, and I, yeah. I may not, but it essentially creates a product um, that has some value to people as like a, a fertilizer, basically, if, if yeah. I understand this. So this is something that they've been doing. And uh, so what are they, have they been, it's being created, it's usable, they're selling it, they're it, yeah. making money from it. Exactly. How's that work? Yeah. So if you're not familiar with biosolids, I'm going to ask you to imagine like an Oreo cookie pie crust. <laughs> That's what it looks mm-hmm. like when the product is actually created from our wastewater recovery team. You know, they, they have turned our wastewater into an asset. And so we are now able to produce the biosolids at our Northeast treatment facility. And it is a really nutrient-rich fertilizer that can be transported more easily than, than liquid biosolids. And it is something that we sell to local farmers and it helps them you know, enrich their soil. It 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 is a, something that generates a little bit of revenue for the city, and and this new ability to do this at the Northeast Treatment Facility means we're going to be saving some money on hauling because we were providing liquid biosolids in the past. We're going to save money on hauling about two hundred thousand annually, and help support you know our local ag community. And it's just a great way to to kind of turn something that no one would think of as an asset into something that really helps with our local economy. 
Are people are people buying this for? Is it is it? Uh, it's mainly you said farmers, but are people using it like residentially too? Is that something that it's that it's a use for possibly no, too? It's, it's more commercially. It's commercial use. Okay. It's pretty densely. Uh, it's it's really powerful stuff. You wouldn't want to just put it on. I was, plant. but I was thinking about growing tomatoes this year, yeah, so I was no. like. <laughs> Don't put it on your tomatoes. Why? I mean, I just a little. We'll just see what happens. I could screw. But all right, don't put it on my tomatoes. All right, I just want to do some fresh salsa. That's oh, it. I mean, that's all. Yeah. All right. All right. Very. Uh, sounds sounds very interesting, and and another expansion of that. Uh, all right, Mayor. Uh, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, best of luck through uh, through whatever happens with the weather, and we will uh, we will be checking within you with you about a month or so from now. All right. Okay. Stay warm. Thank you, Jack. There you go, Mayor Lyrian Gaylor Baird. We got 28 degrees in the capital city. We're going to grab a break right now. Caleb's got sports after this. You're listening to Lincoln's News and Talk 1400, 993 KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Oh man, I better be careful. I was I was triggering Creighton fans on Twitter last night pretty extensively, and now we bring on John. Why were you triggering Creighton fans uh, oh, on Twitter? Listen, Why were you being a jerk? I wa- John, here's what I said. I was in I was very uh as as one normally is very attuned to my favorite team's game last night, so I had not heard the final result of the Creighton game. So very simply, after the Nebraska game ended, I said, Wow, that was a great game. Fun. Whatever happened with that Creighton game, because I was not able to watch the end of it. And all the, all of a sudden, people were telling me that they were living rent free in my head. They were saying some mean type things to me. Jack, have you ever heard the story of the little boy who cried wolf? Uh, no, I, I think ha- that's I, you. I, no, I don't think so. Oh, I think I you think were I very just aware. Uh, this is just listen. There's not many ways to get score updates other than just asking people on social media here. Oh, in, is that in 2023? Wow, right, are an old right. That's, <laughs> It's, it's, you didn't call one eight hundred. I mean, was the old number, the nine hundred number we used to call way back when. <laughs> yes, you didn't call the, that number and, the and wait through every score. Yes. To, oh God, and my team Listen, went. My team went. Oh, finally. Th- there's there's two things you can only do by asking other people on social media: find out scores of games and find out what channel on TV certain sporting events are on. There's well, no you know other. I, I, there's no other way to get that info. On behalf of the Creighton Media Brigade, I'll take full responsibility for you having to ask that question because unlike the Husker Media Brigade, who gives us updates at the end of every quarter, See? and I, and and everybody does it, yes. um, we, we don't do that. And there's only halves in basketball, and right. so well, but there were four halves. Well, not four halves, but there were four <laughs> periods last night. Yeah. So everyone bitching about, you know, college basketball needs to go to quarters. Well, Creighton played four last night. That's true. I guess, yeah, it'd be nice. And I know you probably need to have a lozenge and take a deep breath during timeouts. But would it hurt you to fire out a tweet with the time remaining and the score every once in a while so people like me can find out? That's a good point. I probably should. I probably should. (laughs) But but I'm getting a drink of Now, in all seriousness... I really don't know what happened. In, I mean, I legit, I I did know the final score, but I I didn't know. Was that a good game? Do you have any buzzer beaters? What a, happened to that thing? I had oh, no it was idea. a very was, good game, actually. It was a very good game. Double overtime. Um, 
just ran out of gas there at the end. Um, you know, most of the guys played well over 40 minutes. And so it was, uh, but it was a very high level basketball game. So it's interesting because the bookend losses to the eight game winning streak, the Xavier game in Cincinnati was a really good game. Neither team led by more than seven points. A lot of lead changes. And last night, I don't remember what the final total was, but I think there were 20 lead changes. And neither team led more by more than, well, Providence got up eight at the, and they won by eight. But I mean, it was really a two possession or less game the whole night. Mm-hmm. So, really good game. But Sorry, I missed it. sadly, the win streak comes to an end. Uh, what's the level of excitement within the Creighton program about soon having a quad one win against Nebraska? Uh, or when's that going to happen? Uh, probably the next week or so, I would guess. I haven't even looked. What is the updated net rank? They're still at, morning? I don't know, I didn't see it this morning. As of this earlier, it wasn't updated. Yeah, is it updated now? Oh, okay, uh, it wasn't updated when I looked. He said, uh, Matt tells me it's 97. I looked earlier and it wasn't updated. 97? Yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. They're, God, putrid. What is wrong no, with no, these net? No, that is fake Yeah, that's news. fake. It's 94, you're right. 94. That was the, uh, that was the unupdated one. 94. 94. 2-11 in quad one games. 2-11, <laughs> which normally you hear a record like 2-11 and, and you're like, holy crap, that team's going to have the number one draft pick. Yeah. But uh, um, at 13 games against quad one. Yeah, I, I, that's the big question I'm going to have it, about the Big Ten. Is it just a bunch of mediocre teams, or is this like you know the 1992 Royal Rumble, where <laughs> everywhere Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Sid Vicious, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior, all the Hall of Famers were in the same Royal Rumble, <laughs> and they just kept beating the crap out of each other. Uh, it's it a really, good, I mean, it's it's a it's I a don't fascinating know. question. It's going to be fun to watch, but I don't know because I'm messing. It's funny because it's so tight. I'm messing with the like tournament scenario generators for the Big Ten just to kind of gauge if Nebraska is going to play on the oh, first. Oh yeah, day. we got to pull that website. I was just, I play, see if they play on the first day or the second day, and like you'll change. I changed the outcome of one game, and it shifted Indiana from a two seed to a seven seed. The outcome of one game. Like that's how oh, that's, that's that's how completely yeah. tight. It's crazy this year. <laughs> I wish <It's> stupid. <laughs> if the the NET would be better if it went with uh, you playing uh, your your wins were against teams that were ever a quad one win. Like Ohio State when it happened, somehow this sounds ridiculous. Somehow it was a quad one win when they won that game. Iowa yeah. when they won that game was a quad one win. Uh, the, now, Creighton wasn't a quad one win for a long time, and now it is once again. So, I mean, that 2-11 and 11 is deceiving. If you count it as games that were quad one wins at some point, that's more like 5-6, and six, just for the record. Or 5-8, five and, five and eight, I should say. 5-8. and eight. Which well, That's teams? always a moving target, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it you know, because it is. I mean, a lot of teams are right on that cutoff line, and you get you get credit more for a road win than you do for a home win. So, yeah, that's that's where you get a lot of the volatility. But uh, Creighton's at 14, so uh, that was a road win for Nebraska. So Creighton could lose out, and that would still be a quad one win for Nebraska probably. So that's no no concerns about that. 
14. Yeah, 14? but but I understand Jeez. that the tournament committee is going to say, yeah, but Ryan Kalkbrenner was only at 50%, so it doesn't count. Mm, so yeah. so actually, they're going to take that win off your record. Yeah, well, if I think that's if, how it works. If they're counting things. That's for, how it would work if I were on the committee. If the committee's considering <laughs> injuries and illness, Nebraska's going to be a seven seed. Uh, so that that that's good to know. By the way, yeah, look at look at the rare air. All of a sudden, Creighton is back in here, even after that loss last night. Virginia, Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, yeah. right around you, right around Indiana, yeah. a couple spots below. My goodness, no, it, no. So you know, I you know, running that that little tournament. Um, the what is it called? It's called bball.notnothing.net. It's a weird website, but it's really cool because you can calculate all the different scenarios for your for your conference's tournament. And based on the projection, you know, the one that they had, you know, defaulted to Nebraska finishes seven and thirteen, which means there's still a game behind to it's- get out of the first day. Um but you know you you move a couple of things around so so let's see. What do we got next? Uh, this uh, weekend, Maryland. That's Maryland. a win. That's a win. Then oh, is it it? Uh, it's in Lincoln, right? It's in Lincoln. They got three in a row in Lincoln. And Maryland is Maryland, Minnesota, oh, Michigan. Wow. Okay. Maryland. Well, they got, see, they had it defaulted to Maryland winning. So all right, we'll change that. All right. Then they got um, Minnesota. Nebraska will be twenty point favorites in that game. Well, they've already had that default. I think. I think the default is always going to be Minnesota okay. losing. Then they got Michigan State. I mean, it is Tom Rizzo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then they I'll, go. I'll, I'll, I'll just leave that alone. All right, uh, and then they go to Iowa. Iowa. You going to give an L that one? I mean, they ruined Wisconsin. But if we do that, even if we do that, Jack, that's eight and twelve. They win that, and they win the tiebreaker with Wisconsin, and they get the ten spot, and right? they're the ten seed, and yeah. they get to they get to take a whole day off and play on Thursday against Illinois. I've been messing with this uh, a lot this morning. Most, oh, I'm sure you have. Most scenarios, two wins get you into the second day to start. Which, how big a deal do you think that, I mean, listen, I, I know I'm not, how big a deal though you think if you're going to make some kind of a run at something like this and pull off upsets, how big a deal do you think it is to get that extra day off to do that? It's it, it, for a team seeing like the Nebraska, Big East it's enormous yeah. because of the injuries. Yes. You, you, you know, <laughs> to win a Big Ten tournament out of the play in round is five games in five days. Yeah. That, that's just not feasible. I mean, four games in four days is tough enough. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, and I think with every round you get to skip, I don't know. I don't I can't put a number on it, but I think your chances of 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 running through the tournament go up noticeably mm-hmm. because it's one less game you have to play. It's one more day of rest and, you know, you're set up better for you know, whatever potential scenarios are out there. So, yeah, I think that, and that would be, it'd be, a, it'd be a heck of an accomplishment because when's the last time Nebraska didn't have to play the play in round? Uh, that's a good Miles question. Was last year? It was at the Michigan right? game that when they played Michigan. Yeah. When they played Michigan and got blown out and they just needed to win that game to get to the, the tournament. No. Right. My, yeah. Miles is last year. They were in the play in round. Miles is last year. I was at that game. They played oh, Rutgers. That's right. That's they played right. Rutgers. That's right. The year before. So the year before. So it was the year that that they they had Michigan, and it looked like if they won, they'd be in. They yeah. lost. They didn't get in. And no, it'd be, a, it'd be, a, it'd be a, I think it'd be it'd be a nice accomplishment. I think I, at least I have I have established, and last night certainly helps. Um, you know, Fred's safe. He's fine. Yeah, you said that before the game last night. I you, thought so. I mean, just based on the interview that. Alberts gave to Sam McEwen last week. It just, you know, it just kind of gave off that vibe. 
Um, and then, you know, you continue to, it, it, honestly, all you're asking for is, Hey, can these guys be competitive? The answer to that is an obvious yes. You know, no one's throwing in the towel. Um, uh, they, they, they're fighting through a, a great deal of adversity right now. And, and, and new faces are stepping up and, and stepping up big in, in new roles. So yeah, this is, uh, uh you know, it, it, for, for a season that's likely not going to end past, by the way, where is the tournament? Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. Chicago For a season yeah. that's likely not going to go past Chicago, in all likelihood. Maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but assuming it doesn't. Yeah. It, 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 will be, it will be comforting to know that A, progress is being made. B, there isn't much. And there, the only uncertainty is the natural uncertainty of the modern college game, which is who's going to transfer, you know, who's going to, you know, move on. But there's not going to be any uncertainty about having to change out coaches, right? Um, having to, you know, make dra- dramatic, you know, philosophical changes. So it, it, it will. I, I I think this year has been um, if 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 you were to grade it on the pass fail um, system, it's a pass. Yeah, right? I don't like if you look at this season in a vacuum. I don't. I think it'd be really hard to make the case that like this year in a vacuum was it, it was disappointing enough that that you you need to make a change. I don't. I mean, I think I think you look. It'd be hard to look at this and say it wasn't a pretty good coaching job this year in a vacuum. Thing is, the people who make the case, and it's not a bad case. People who make the case that it needs to be a change still are looking at the full tenure of Fred Hoiberg and saying, "Look, the fact that this is where you where you are, and this is what you're considering a victory after four years, and this is 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 putting it into context. How much? I, I don't know. How much should you be considering the entire picture versus?" This year in a vacuum on on this whole thing. It's I mean it sounds like Trev is really looking at this year and if they're showing signs of going up. But I think the people who are upset that he might stay or will stay are still saying, "Look, this is where we are after four years. This is not where we should be." The answer to that would be, in my opinion, yeah. If you're a blue blood basketball program or if you're a you know a a high level basketball program with a lot of great tradition you might look at that more from the big picture of well sorry still not good enough but nebraska is not there and so i think it does allow you the freedom to consider other things to consider where your place is to consider that this is only an athletic director in year two with a coach he inherited um, to consider all of the other changes that you've made in your athletic department and the money that you're putting out for other things um, and for how a coach and an athletic director and an administration see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. I think you I think this allows you a little bit of the freedom to look a little deeper into some of those subjects versus, well, this is Villanova and we don't do it this way and we don't lose games like this. So you're done. Yeah. Not that that's a bad way to look at it, but it's just, you you really have to weigh it in terms of where you have been historically, where you are now and, and, and the trend that you're seeing. And I think, and, 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 and let's face it, 
the fan support allows you, and and there's a fine line here. I've said this many times. Nebraska's fan base has been taken advantage of, and uh, you know, especially on football. But and there, so there is a fine line of well, the fans are still showing up, so it really doesn't matter what we do. But in this case, when you see tangible, noticeable, measurable progress, and when all of the other boxes of you know, this coach has made necessary changes. This coach is agreeable to new ways of doing things. This coach is good in our community and 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 projects a positive image. This coach is, you know, fought, you know, managing through adversity. This team has won more than it did last year. If you get all those boxes checked, I think it allows you to say, yeah, we can, we can continue in this trend. Now, that doesn't mean that you get a, a, as long a rope for the next season and future seasons, but it gives you that freedom to do that and not have to go through the usual falderall of should he stay or should he go? We shouldn't have to, I don't think we should have to ask that question today. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's where, where I end up landing on all of this, Jack, is today we should be, uh, we shouldn't have to ask the question, should Fred Hoiberg be the coach next year? I don't think we should have to ask that right now. Yeah, I, I and, and I completely agree with you it, uh, that I think momentum and trajectory is so is 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 really important. It's just been a yes. long time since Nebraska's had that for any extended period of time. They just it's been completely elusive in this program. And mm-hmm. And I mean, just to give you an example of what I mean by that is. Like, John, you were talking about the fans turning out. Had Nebraska not beat, let's say Nebraska went 0-4 in their last four instead of 3-4, and the atmosphere and the interest and the attendance of this game on Sunday would be completely different, mm-hmm. even though the outcome of the season probably will could be easily be the same either way. Mm-hmm. Like this, the, the, the thriving on, and I mean, I think it's got to do something too with your ability to, to bring, you know, to, to have a roster where you're coming back with, you know, you're not turning it over every single year and building from scratch. And this might be a year where you can do that for the first time. I think those are the reasons why I was always kind of like, eh, I don't know if I want to make a change or not. And I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But what I said from the beginning was when they lost, when they had, and I, I said this to you and Josh on your show, when they had maybe eight games left this year, nine games less, I said, I don't know yet. I got to see how the the rest of the year goes before I'm able to give you a sense on this. So for me, it was obviously a little bit about the mm-hmm. moment and the moment in a vacuum. And it almost couldn't have gone better than it has gone since I said that. Uh, which is crazy. Or since no, Tom, it, it, or I, since I, I Tom Chattel said they needed a new AD for basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give credit to uh, Tom Chattel for it's, this assist. <laughs> like since that article, it's been ridiculous. It's it's it has it's it has. But I I think you can safely say we shouldn't have to even ask that question anymore. And if if Josh dares me to try to ask it, I'm going to tell him not to. All right, say we're not we're not going to ask it. All right, because it'll come. Safe, up. He's good. Uh, all right, so final fun question for you here. It looks like your team is making the NCAA tournament. Choose your uh, choose your city height, uh, city site for the first and second round: Orlando, Birmingham, Alabama, Des Moines, Sacramento, Albany, Greensboro, Columbus, Ohio, or Denver. Where do you want to go? Um, I mean, I mean, Des Moines, self- man. If you got to selfish, Des Moines, can you yeah, imagine? Selfishly, the fans? for the fans, I would say Des Moines. But if this is just for John Bishop. Uh, let's see. You said Greensboro. Uh, you Green, said Al- Greensboro, Columbus, Denver, Albany, and then the other days is, is Sacramento, Des Moines, Birmingham, Alabama, Orlando, Disney. 
Don't forget um, Disney, John. I, I've forget been to Disney. Orlando. It's a tourist trap. All right. Uh, I know you're not. You're not going to want Birmingham. I think you probably don't want. Are you sure? I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I've been through Alabama. I've never been in Alabama. Really? Hmm. I'm not. I've not actually stayed, set foot, and and spent time in the state of Sacramento. Alabama. You want, want Albany? I don't think you want. Yeah. No, I don't want Albany. Greensboro would, right. uh, Greensboro would be nice. Denver would be all right for travel. And, and Den- Denver. Yeah. I can get an advance on uh, the Colorado game. There you go. Coach Prime. There you go. Me and Coach Prime. All right. Well, I'd I was... say Greensboro. Greensboro. All right. Omaha doesn't have anything this year. Uh, by the way, no. can- the second, the next set has a Kansas City location, though. So, Oh, I know. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> if, it, if, it's, if it's Des Moines, Kansas City, Wow. Yeah, well, you'll be—that's would that's the dream for a lot of. You'll uh, be traveling with Jayhawk fans that whole time too. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, yeah, I'm afraid you're right. All right, have a good show today. Thanks for coming on with us after a long night of travel. Appreciate it. We will uh, get with you again next week. All right. All right. We'll see you. There goes John Bishop. Sixteen twenty at the zone. We'll take a break. Eight fifty six. Wrap up the show and uh, tell you what's coming up next tomorrow on KLIN.